You're listening to Permission To, the podcast where we dive into the science and soul of owning your worthiness as a perfectly imperfect human being. I'm your host, Sam Jew, psychotherapist, positive psychology coach, mama to a beautiful five-year-old, Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. My aim is to show you that you have full permission to own your worthiness so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Permission 2. I'm just sitting here drinking a cup of tea, listening to the rain. It's another rainy day in Perth and um, yeah, it just feels like the perfect weather for me to be chatting to you today. And I'm just feeling so ready to dive into at this topic for today, which is permission to own your worthiness and expand into your wildest dreams. So today I'm going to share, it's going to be a little bit of a, a mixed bag, I guess. I'm going to share a little bit of my personal journey with self-worth, because as I said in the intro, I'm not someone who has, you know, always felt confident, always believed that I was worthy or good enough. I'm actually someone who's really struggled with worthiness and had to really work on it um, a lot. So I, I wanted to actually be really vulnerable and raw today and share some of my self-worth journey with you. Uh, but I'm also going to make sure that I share practical tools with you at the end that you can experiment with to own your worthiness. So it's going to be a mixture of, you know, strategy and storytelling and yeah, everything in between. And yeah, I'm just so grateful that you're here. So if owning your worthiness so that you show up confidently in all areas of your life, whether that be relationships, creativity, creative pursuits that feel a bit scary or stretchy, public speaking, work, business, whatever you want to work on, please know that you are absolutely in the right place. I worked on my self-worth to go from being in a really unhealthy and toxic relationship where I was self-sacrificing my needs at work and in my relationships to feeling as free as a bird, traveling the world, meeting a beautiful man, becoming a mama and starting my own six-figure business. And that transformation all came down to the work that I did in therapy and in coaching around my self-worth. And no, I'm not going to tell you that I managed to turn my life around in six months or 12 months. Um, It was actually years of work. Um, You know, I started to feel the difference straight away with the work that I was doing. But to get to where I am now, yeah, it was a lot of work. And I I promise that I'm not going to lie to you guys and I'm going to keep it real, right? So if you think about it, often our self-worth and the beliefs we have about our worthiness are built up over a lifetime and particularly in our childhood. So it makes sense that they take time to shift. So let's start with defining worthiness and what it's got to do with creating the life of your dreams. Worthiness is a deep sense of knowing that you're enough, that you were born worthy And that your worthiness, your enoughness is not dependent on external measures like relationships, money, business. 
It's also a recognition that you matter and that your needs are important. And people often think that low self-worth is just negative thoughts and that, you know, we can kind of think ourselves out of those, but they're actually beliefs. So they run much deeper than thoughts and yeah, they are formed based on our past experiences, which have often led to negative beliefs about ourselves, others, and the world. And so a belief that you are not good enough, that there is something wrong with you, that you are not important, um, that what you have to offer the world isn't enough. Those kind of beliefs can all be signs that you're um, struggling a bit with low self-worth. And if there's one emotion that drives low self-worth, it's shame. We feel ashamed of who we are and what we've experienced, and we believe that there is something wrong with us. And it's not always easy to access those beliefs. Sometimes it takes a bit of digging, you know. Um, And so I often get asked this question by a lot of the women I support in my community and my coaching clients, and that is, how do I know if I have high or low self-worth or you know, how, how do you know if someone's struggling with self-worth? And it's actually something that I think is a bit tricky to measure because self-worth can be a little bit deceiving, right? Like someone might think that they have great self-worth when everything is going well in life. You know, you've got the great relationship, you feel successful, everything's going well in your career or your business or whatever you're working on. Um, so it can be easy to think that, yeah, we've, I've got great self-worth. But um, worthiness is much more to do with how you see yourself and how you treat yourself in the tough times. You know, this is why breakups, business launches that don't go well, stressful life events, all these things can be the moment where we see what our self-worth is like. And so low self-worth might come up in relationships, in settling for relationships that feel unhealthy because we don't believe we are worthy of a healthy relationship, or it might show up in finding boundaries really difficult and always putting others first. You know, that belief that I'm not important, I don't matter. It might show up in overworking and perfectionism, or even in not being willing to invest in ourselves or our business. You know, I have so many women who say, oh, I can't afford to do that art class Um, or that acting class or, you know, that thing that would be really, really amazing for their well-being. Uh, They'll tell themselves that they can't afford it. And of course, sometimes money really is a barrier. But often those women, when they do some reflection, will be like, oh, actually, I do let myself buy like expensive clothes or we go out for dinner and wine and things like that. Uh, But they have trouble investing in the, the things that are maybe less tangible, but are actually most meaningful to them, you know, like doing something fun like a dance class or um, a hobby or yeah, painting or drawing or just or starting a course, something like that, something around personal development. So the thing to pay attention to is this. If you want to check in with yourself about your worthiness and really your relationship to yourself, How do I talk to myself through the tough times? How do I treat myself when things go wrong? Do I trust myself enough to take risks and try things that I might fail at? And am I compassionate with myself? Because if you have a pretty strong sense of self and self-worth, then if something doesn't work out, if something 
fails in inverted commas. Um, you can't see me, but I'm doing that little thing with my hands. Um, essentially, if you feel pretty good about yourself and pretty worthy, then it's not going to matter if you fail. Of course, it's, you know, failing can still suck and be hard, but it's not going to make you feel like you're not good enough. It's not going to have you talking rubbish to yourself. You're going to be compassionate and kind with yourself and, you know, get up and be willing to, to give it another shot. So when we work on worthiness, we expand our perception of ourselves and what's possible for ourselves. And we stop putting up with jobs we are unhappy with, relationships we are unhappy with. We allow ourselves to dream and expand. And this is why worthiness and our hopes and dreams and expansion are so closely connected. Because if we don't believe that we're good enough, if we believe that inherently there's something wrong with us, then obviously that's going to affect the way that we imagine our lives could be. So when people dial up their worthiness, they start to invest in themselves. They prioritize their needs and their their well-being needs, not just the needs of other people around them. If they've got a business, they prioritize their business needs and they become so much more visible um, in their workplaces, in their businesses, in their, with, in their relationships, because they're just showing up with all of that worthiness. So what gets in the way of us owning our worthiness or what causes low self-worth? Ultimately, I believe that we are all born worthy. If you think about a beautiful baby, like a newborn baby being being held in its mother's arms or its dad's arms, you know, it's just so open to receiving that unconditional love and so able to express its needs. You know, a baby kind of is born knowing that it's important and just trusting that all its needs will be met and that it will be seen and heard. And so low self-worth and a difficulty owning our worthiness often stems from unresolved past experiences and emotions because the majority of our beliefs about ourselves, others in the world are formed from the age of zero to six. And by the way, this obviously isn't about blaming the adults in our lives, the parents in our lives. The reality is most parents are doing the best they can with the resources and knowledge they had at the time. And we know a lot more now about young people and children's mental health and well-being than we did, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, But the reality is our relationships with our parents, any adverse experiences in our childhood um, will absolutely shake shape the way we view ourselves and our self-worth. The reality is as children, we are sponges and we take in everything that the world and the people around us show us. We don't have the capacity to discern that information we take in. So if you told a four-year-old that the world was flat, they would have no reason to question that or to ask for evidence. As children, we just tend to believe and, and you know trust all the information that's presented to us. And we also tend to think that everything is about us. So if we had a parent that angers easily or is very critical of us, as an adult, we could go, oh, that's about them. They've got issues they haven't worked through. Um, but as a child, we don't have that ability to step back and recognize that 
And so we tend to actually kind of internalize that and make that about us. So, you know, if you had a critical parent, perhaps um, then your, your core belief or your belief system would be something like, I'm not good enough or I'm a bad person. And that would obviously affect your worthiness and the way you show up. So now I'm going to share the scariest part with you next. I'm going to share a bit about my story because like I said earlier, I am not someone who finds it easy to share my journey, but I know this podcast isn't about me. And I'm also someone who has had to do a lot of work on my self-worth. And I try to be really open about this with my coaching clients. And now I'm trying to be more open about it online as well, because I think it's really important to know that when you see someone who looks really confident on the outside or like they're doing these amazing things in life and business, it's so easy to just imagine that they've always been confident, that they've always been able to own their worthiness. But the reality is I'm very much not that person. I wasn't born worthy. I wasn't born confident. Um, As in, you know, from from a fairly young age, you know, I definitely found it hard to be confident in who I was and to own my worthiness and probably saw that a lot more in my teenage years and in my 20s. I'd say that I grew up as a very sensitive person and that probably people around me didn't necessarily really know how to respond to my emotions. And so I definitely developed a belief that like there's something wrong with me. I'm too emotional. I'm too sensitive. And I had a lot of shame around that. Um, And I guess I did that thing that a lot of young people do where I just felt quite lost in who I was and I didn't feel, you know, clear in my identity. And so when I started to date, I really looked to my partner for my identity. You know, I had a kind of couple of shorter relationships when I was younger, but from the age of 20 to 24, that was probably the relationship that um, shaped me the most. I would say that was a pretty toxic, pretty unhealthy relationship. And it really sucked me dry. Like I was, you know, 24 going on 44 by the time that relationship ended. I would say I'd love too much at the cost of my own well-being, which I think is something when you have low self-worth, it's really easy to hide behind someone else in a relationship and to really focus on them. And so I ended up in a relationship. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I'm really um, mindful that it's not entirely my story to tell. Uh, But essentially I was dating someone who had drug and alcohol addiction issues for four years. And, you know, I was a a new grad social worker. I was um, studying social work when we started dating And I just did that thing where I tried to fix this person. I put all of my love, all of my energy, all of my mental focus into just trying so hard to support this person Um, and severely, severely neglecting myself and not focusing on my hopes and dreams. You know, I had planned when I graduated social work at 21 to go live in the UK and work as a social worker over there and do lots of traveling, but I just ended up you know, living in Perth and kind of being stuck in this relationship. And so, yeah, I ended up when that relationship ended, it was kind of a a bit of a mutual breakup, but I think we were both in denial about it. And 
it honestly felt like the worst moment in my life. Like I felt like my life was over, even though I was so unhappy in that relationship. I didn't really see it at the time. I remember going to the GP and she told me that I was depressed and put me on a mental health care plan and referred me to a counsellor. Retrospectively, I don't know if I would call it depression. I, I think it was a reaction to, you know, a relationship ending and then really unraveling what had been happening in that relationship. I hadn't really had my eyes open while I was in the relationship. So I had a lot of grieving to do when it ended, when I realized um, how much I hadn't respected my boundaries, how much I had allowed this person to kind of, yeah, just not treat me the way that I deserve to be treated. So anyway, I remember going to see a psychotherapist at this stage. I'm like, 24, been working as a social worker for a couple of years, but I'd never seen a therapist before. And I went into the first session, basically telling her how lost and sad and angry I was. And I felt like life was over, that my relationship had ended and that that was what my whole life was about. Because of that low self-worth, I really didn't see myself as a worthwhile person unless I was in a relationship and in that specific relationship. So I kind of expected the therapist to empathize with me about how bad this breakup was and how hard it was for me. Um, But you know what? Like this is the thing. Sometimes change takes a long time, but sometimes literally one session of work with the right person can also change your life because I I will never forget the sentence that she said to me at the end of our first counseling session. I thought she was going to be all like, oh, poor you. That's really hard. But she literally said to me, you know what, you have so much to celebrate. Like you've gotten out of a really unhealthy relationship. And I feel a bit teary um, thinking about that because it was just such an aha moment to me. Um, I had just been thinking that I'd lost this amazing relationship and that, you know, um, that there was lots of reasons to be sad. But actually, um, you know, now that I look outside of that relationship, I can see how unhealthy and in some ways dangerous it was for me. And so, yeah, those words, you have a lot to celebrate. I just remember walking out of that first therapy session and just feeling so alive and so free. And yeah, that was the beginning of my life really changing and um, just really started focusing on my female friendships and I started traveling and I did a lot of therapy. Like I think I worked with that therapist for two years And we really um, got to, I guess, the bottom of some of my relationship patterns and why I had such low self-worth. And yeah, she just made me feel really proud of the fact that I'd been able to walk away from that relationship, even though I hadn't wanted to. Because in a way, like the thing is, I have to take responsibility for that relationship. I was addicted to being in love, to being loved and to being needed. And um, it wasn't healthy for me, that relationship, but I, I had been addicted to it. So, yeah, it was it was massive. And that reframe and working with that therapist really changed my life. And that actually transformed me and made me decide that I wanted to become a psychotherapist. I love being a social worker, but I wanted to work deeper with people more in their internal worlds. And I wanted to do some extra training to become a psychotherapist because we already do a little bit of counselling training as social workers, but I wanted to go deeper into that. And so that's a bit of my story. You know, it's really probably a five year journey of making lots of more mistakes after that and going travelling and um, 
yeah, meeting a very beautiful man, my husband, Nick, who I will eventually have on the podcast so you can meet him. Um, and just like the person that I was before that relationship and after that relationship and before that therapy and after that therapy is completely different. And as I said, now I've, you know, I, I got to do all the traveling of my dreams and uh, I've had a beautiful daughter and uh, started my own business and, um, yeah, I'm really good at prioritizing myself and what I need now, which is so different. So if anyone feels like they're stuck in, you know, being walked all over in relationships or, um, yeah, just being unhappy in work or something like that, just know, like my story is proof that you can, you can totally change your life. But, you know, I did the work, I did the therapy, I did the coaching, all of that. Um, so I wanted to make sure we finished up with some actual practical tools that you can experiment with to own your worthiness and expand into those wildest dreams that you have. And I guess I just want to say self-worth is complex and it's not as simple as just positive thinking because we're working at that belief level. At the same time, if you do the mindset work and you start to change your neural pathways by looking for the evidence that you are worthy... Whilst this is technically working on the thought level instead of the belief level, our thoughts do flow into our beliefs and our beliefs flow into our thoughts. So I wouldn't say just because it is at a belief level that you need to work on your worthiness that you shouldn't do the mindset work. So yeah, my first kind of tip or strategy would be to start looking for evidence that you are good enough because you 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 believed that story as a child that you weren't good enough, but all the evidence from your childhood will be completely not relevant um, and untrue. And so now we want you to start as an adult choosing to find evidence that is aligned to you, that you do believe and that you do choose to believe. So secondly, a way that we can start to shift our self-worth and really build our confidence and self-belief is to seek new experiences because when we experience something new we change our beliefs and so for example if you are always putting others first and you believe that you are not important then every time that you put someone else first that action that choice that you are making continues to confirm that belief And so what we want you to do is to try and do things differently. So a question that you can ask yourself, and I will put this in the show notes because it's so powerful, is if I truly believed that I was enough right now or that I was worthy, that I was important, that my needs mattered, how would I show up in the world today? What would I do differently And do a big brain dump of all the things that you might do. It might be saying no to someone who often asks you to do something that just doesn't feel right to you anymore. Uh, It might be more at being more assertive. It might be buying yourself a bunch of flowers or investing in yourself, investing in a course that you've always wanted to do or, you know, learning to paint or do a dance class or something like that. Um, So just seek new experiences because at the moment, if you believe that you're not important or that you're not good enough 
and then you keep acting in a way that confirms that belief, then nothing's going to change. So experiment with trying new things. And when you tell yourself an experiment, it's an experiment, you have nothing to lose because it can feel scary, right? Doing new behavior. But if you tell yourself it's an experiment, I don't know how it's going to go. I'm just going to be open um, to learning. You will always learn something new about yourself from an experiment, even if the outcome isn't exactly what you want it to be. And thirdly, another way that you can really build your self-worth is to really pay attention to the way you're speaking to yourself through the tough times. And this is what I like to talk about as self-compassion. So it's really, you know, the way we talk to our friends, the way we talk to our loved ones, we're often, you know, so um, we often look at them with so much worthiness, with so much value, and we treat them compassionately and kindly and patiently, but we don't do the same for ourselves. And Christine Neff is an amazing uh, psychologist who has done a lot of research about self-compassion and has some amazing meditations and visualizations and resources on self-compassion. And when you treat yourself in a way that is loving and kind and compassionate, again, you're confirming to yourself, hey, I matter, I am enough, I am important. So I hope that those tools will help you make a start on really expanding your worthiness. And I just want you to know that it is possible for you to work on this if this is something that you truly want to to shift in yourself and that if you really believe in yourself and that you are worthy and that you matter, then your reality will begin to expand and the things that you thought were possible for yourself will completely shift and you will just start to see new things, new ideas for yourself, new hopes and dreams, new possibilities, or you might just start to believe a little bit more in that thing that you really want, um, that dream that you've been sitting on or hiding from for a while. So I really encourage you to dive into this work and I really hope that this has supported you to get clear on how to expand your worthiness. Thank you so much for joining me. I have absolutely loved having you here listening to this episode. If you have loved this episode and found my story and my tips helpful, I would be so grateful if you could jump onto iTunes and give me a five-star review. The aim for me is to help as many women as possible to own their worthiness because when we own our worthiness, we create ripple effects throughout the world and we give others permission to do so too. Have a beautiful day and I will speak to you soon.